Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast takes us today to Davie, Florida. We're going to visit with songstress Pam Jackson. Ladies, and some men, you don't need big promises, you need results. Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer contains only the best ingredients for your skin. It doesn't contain unnecessary ingredients that may cause you further skin issues. Specifically formulated, the Retinol Moisturizer helps reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, making the skin appear younger, softer, smoother. Powerful combination of antioxidants, vitamin A, C, B5, and E, Fight premature aging by blocking DNA-damaging free radicals and promoting softness and elasticity. It contains natural ingredients like aloe vera, jojoba oil, rose water, sunflower oil, which are all great for alleviating a variety of skin conditions. Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer. SimpleBeautySkinCare.com Pam Jackson from Davie, Florida. We were talking before we went on here. Davie, Florida is kind of... Fort Lauderdale West, you were saying. It is. Yes, it is. Away from the beach, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and this is audio only, but you look very tan. So I guess because you're in Florida, you get to get sun anyway. Well, I, I did just get back from a family vacation. So normally, normally the people that live in Florida, they're not really tan because they actually live here and like do real life. But <laughs> I did get back from vacation. So I'm extra tan. I, I love that phrase. They do real life. Yeah, they don't they do live. Really. They just do life, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so uh, you're from Jersey. Uh, you've I been am. singing all your life with the limited I amount know. of years that you have because you're so young. Of course. Of course I am. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just grew up with with music. I credit my dad really to my love of music. Um, you know, I grew up listening to all the greats, the Luthers, Whitney's, Michael's, Earth, Wind & Fire, a lot of R&B stuff. In fact, mm -hmm. um, my dad actually loved music so much that he had a soundproof room added onto our home in New Jersey so he can go and listen to his music and blast as loud as he wanted to and not have my mom yell at him. Oh, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, from a young age, I just really was influenced by that and just kind of took it with me. When did you start performing in front of audiences? Uh, I would say probably when I, you know, throughout the years when I moved to Florida, I got here when I was about 19 and did some stuff off and on with, you know, karaoke circuit, mm -hmm. right? That was like the big thing. So doing yeah. a lot of that stuff and then just kind of, finding my way with different bands here and there, but nothing really solid, just kind of like bouncing around a little bit. It's got to be tough for a solo artist because you don't know the band and you yeah. don't want to just do karaoke. So how do, you, how do you get out there? How do you get your, your voice heard? You know, you just, a lot of it's just from connections from other friends that I have that are in the music business um, that are working musicians. So a lot of it's, from their contacts some of it is from um looking myself on different um you know music websites like craigslist and yeah. bandmix you know those are popular websites just kind of 
feeding through that, you know, feeding through uh, some of the interesting things that are on there. You got to kind of comb through, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah, just finding things like that, just making connections that way. And this is not all you do. I mean, you've got, you do life in Florida. As we talk, I right? do life in Florida. I am married to a wonderful man. Uh, I've been married for over 15 years. I have two teenagers. I can't believe that they, one just started high school and one just started college on Monday. So kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, so I, I do life. I have a laser therapy business. I help people quit smoking. And That's I've been amazing. doing that for, for over 20 years now. So yeah, it's it's a blessing. Um, yeah. My dad quit smoking with this method years ago. And so um, that's kind of how we got started doing this business. Uh -huh. So yeah, it's a blessing. So the, so the music thing, you started, you're doing the karaoke thing. You, you Have you done bands and then they've dissolved or did you just going do you feature yourself singing like one or two songs with certain bands or what what's that picture like yeah there's been yes there's been some of that there's been bands that i've just kind of popped in and out of that i found and then for you know different reasons just either it wasn't a good fit or they just weren't working that much that you know i pursued other things or we mutually just said hey you know maybe it's it's we're not looking for the same thing um but the bands that um the bands that I'm in now, the the situations that I'm in now, I'm pretty fortunate about because they're actually like my dream situations. I had always wanted to be in a duo situation uh -huh. um, to kind of embrace my love of ballads and kind of more mellow music, you know, accompanied by piano. And so um, I sing every Friday night with a gentleman named Eddie B and we're called Just the Two of Us. And we sing in Dania Beach at the American Legion. And that's a lot of fun. So we get cool. to do that. He's he's very talented. He actually can simultaneously play keys, drums, and sing at the same time. So um, he could be a one-man show, but he has me. So <laughs> that's kind of fun. And that's uh, just the two of us. It's a Grover Washington song that makes me think of a certain style and that's the style that you're wanting to sing and perform right yeah yeah it's a lot of you know it's a lot of different different music a lot of oldies a lot of some disco you know different things that i that i normally would sing the other side of me because i am an 80s baby is i love rock music uh -huh. <laughs> so well, your um, parents raised you in good music i can say this because your parents are probably my age <laughs> maybe <laughs> yes they did they did I, and and you know unfortunately today i hate to say it and i feel super old saying it but a lot of today's music i just i think it stinks <laughs> and my kids that? know that <laughs> why is that because i hear that a lot i hear that a lot from my kids I yeah i really don't know i don't know if it like i don't know if my parents i'll have to ask them if they think the same thing like the music after their generation stunk too i don't, I don't really know but it just it just lacks something like it's just, you know, music in our day, in my day, was <laughs> it was suggestive. It wasn't in your face with certain things. Right. You know, a lot of the music was backed by love. You know, a lot of the, the music back then, the 70s music and 80s, you know, a lot of it was was love music. It was nice music. Today's music's kind of raunchy. A lot of it, you know, my kids are influxed with me playing 80s music all the time like they know probably more music than a lot of kids their age do from that era because i make them listen to it i won't i won't keep the radio on um 
So yeah, I don't know. It's just different today. My musician friends, I have dual citizenship in Missouri and in, in Vermont. And my musician friends I jam with in the Missouri area. I'm building a studio just outside of St. Louis in my house there. And nice. we get together and we jam on 70s, some 80s. My older brother just picked up a bass this year. He's been playing bass with us off and on for the years. And he said, can we learn something that's post-1990? And I really <laughs> struggle. I really struggle. I'll find a song or two here that I like, but it it doesn't have the flavor, the texture of the music of my era. Right. And especially post-2000 especially 2020 I, and i don't know what it is. I, I, I couldn't i probably couldn't name you five songs that are on the radio right now i i have to say tom i'm probably in the same boat in fact i'm in the gym and they're playing today's music and i just look up at the screen i'm like i have no idea who that is like my husband and i have not watched <laughs> the american music awards in years because last time we watched it i was like i don't know who any of these people are <laughs> yeah, uh, you watch. I mean, the music shows that are popular, like America's Got Talent, American Idol, right. whatever voice stuff like right. that. They're doing covers. There are very yeah. few people doing uh, their own stuff. Yeah, this show, this podcast is a such a blessing to me because I hear such great, great music. You know, yeah, covers or originals, but it's soulful. Yeah, and it's it's written by somebody with a purpose, not manufactured by a machine in Nashville or whatever, you know? Right. It's more authentic that way. That's the word sure. that keeps coming up is authentic. Yeah. Let's and talk you can about, feel that. Let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about you. So you, uh, the songs that you submitted, the first one, great classic, classic rock song from my era. Uh, yeah. Summer of 69. You really get into that song, don't you? <laughs> I do love that song. I do love Brian Adams. I actually really like singing male-led songs. Really? I don't know why. I just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. That just kind of hits me the right way. So, um, but yeah, it's a great classic song by him. Obviously, he has a lot of great songs, a lot of a lot of ballads. Um, but that song, yeah, it's a fun, upbeat song. So, yeah, I figured I'd show my my rock side doing that one. It's interesting because you, you seem like a balladeer, what you were talking about with you and, and just the two of us. Yeah. And, you know, more it sounds more loungy-like type of music. Mm -hmm. And the first one coming out of the boat here, or coming out of the, <laughs> the gate or whatever, is Summer of 69. So uh, I guess what you were saying, Brian Adams is a wonderful balladeer. Yeah. Writes some great, soft, slower songs. And this just shows another side of you. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I think as a musician, it's important to not be in a box. You have to be versatile, you know, especially if you want to be a working musician, yeah. you know, because uh, there's so many different demands, especially here in Florida. There's a lot of, um, you know, corporate stuff that goes on. And, you know, of course, you have your your lower end bar stuff, but people just want to hear good music. So you got to really be kind of... Um, you know, open to doing different things and not locked into one particular style, I find. We're, aside from the the standing gig you have with two of us, yes. where, else, where else do you, you personally perform? So the other most recent thing that I just became a part of, which is a very new arrangement, it is a rock band, and the band is called um, Rocket Arcade. And it's funny because, so I'm a Christian. Uh, mm -hmm. I am a Christian and that is important to me. And 
you know, just the way that I live my life and also in my musical life, you know, I make sure that I pick things that are, you know, honoring to myself and my faith. And so recently I thought, hey, you know, it'd be cool to be in a rock band with Christian musicians that sing music outside of just Christian music. And honestly, like two weeks later, I have somebody calling me from a friend of a friend that was like, hey, you know, I have a band that we're putting together and we're looking for a new female vocalist. And you know, we kind of do pop and eighties and, and stuff. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. So it's really cool. They're all, uh, they're very talented. All guys are very talented musicians. They are on uh, the worship team at a local church here called the Broward church. It's in, in Davie, Florida. And yeah, they just get together and they have really good music taste. And I said, I'm in. So that's a new, new venture. So uh, keep an eye out for that, but I'm excited to be part of that. That is really cool. Uh, from yeah. St. Louis used to, they used to do the youth masses at our church. So I always thought of him as, you know, Christian, Christian rock, Christian musician. And mm-hmm. he and his wife and some other people involved in youth ministry, the music of youth ministry throughout our church in St. Louis all got together and did exactly this. They're playing Johnny be good. They're playing yeah. in the summer of 69. They're, they're, they're playing fun, good, wholesome music. Right. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so cool that that, that these two worlds live together, you know, it is cool. You know, and it was something I'll be honest with you, like early on, I kind of struggled with wanting to get into doing more secular music because of that reason. I thought like, is this the right thing to do? You know, but it, you know, I found other, like I said, other musicians that listen, you know, your faith is your faith and you stick to that and you don't, you know, hedge from that, but you can still sing, good, clean music and have fun and still, you know, be honoring to yourself and to God. And so it is, it's the best of both both worlds. So I enjoy it. That's cool. Well, get back to this song because I got to tell you how this really speaks to me because I got my first friend, a six string and it's the summer of 69. Mm -hmm. My first guitar came in the summer of 70 and it was a 12 string. So (laughs) I always think about that how close the time you know it just, it just puts me in that time right. you know and when it's done as well as you do it i just like walk away from that song i could listen to it for hours with a smile on my face because sometimes you know you hear the same song i worked in radio for you know 10 years and you hear the same songs over and over again and just kind of yeah. but this yeah. is this is real a real joy and it's a real fun song and and you do it quite a bit of justice so yeah. thank you and thank with you. that with that, we're going to launch into it. This is Pam Jackson, our guest today in the Music of America podcast, and this is her version of the summer of 69.
Summer of 69, covered by Pam Jackson from Davie, Florida. We'll get back to Pam in a moment and talk to her about a, a song that is an original, but not of hers. Kind of interesting. In the little town of Kansas, known as Tecumseh, you're going to find a place called Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars is a small, made-to-order guitar shop. If you think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you'll ever see meticulously designed and crafted for your specifications. Nothing by machine, hand-laid frets, everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar, singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I've ever seen being made. And you too can see it be made via photos on Facebook and all at the hands of Luthier Mike Thompson, an amazing artisan. On a side note, we all know cancer sucks. Well, Mike Thompson of Monkey House recently has felt the touch of what that disease can do to anyone who has a friend or loved one go through the rigors and sorrows of cancer. So when you're thinking of charities, you're thinking of benefits to do. Mike Thompson of Monkey House Guitars and the Music of America podcast are asking, please consider do something to help benefit and help promote awareness through the American Cancer Society. And check out Monkey House Guitars. It's monkeyhouseguitars.com in Tecumseh, Kansas. If you can think it, they can build it. Pam Jackson, Davy, Florida. We were talking in the break about the next song called Waiting, and it's a really cool story. It's not, it's an original song, but it's not your original song. So tell us about that, how that evolved. Yeah, I had um, connected with a friend of mine now, his name is Mac Millian, um, several years back. I think we had met probably through like a mutual Craigslist ad. We were like looking for a band and I think we both kind of found this band and had some rehearsals with it. And he had pulled me aside after one of the rehearsals and was like, hey, are you a studio musician? And I said, no, I've never done anything like that before. And he's like, oh, well, would you consider recording uh, You know something? And I said, yeah, sure. So we exchanged numbers and got to talking and he explained to me he had written the song and was looking to have some female vocals put on it. So we kind of hit it off and I, you know, met with him and his little home studio uh, in Aventura here in Florida and kind of learned, learned the song and yeah, ended up recording it in his house. And it was, it was fun. It was a real fun experience. Something, something new I had never done before. So I, I learned a lot, you know, from that recording process and it was cool. Have you done studio recording since? No, I haven't. I haven't actually. It's funny because I've always wanted to do voice work. Uh -huh. <laughs> it just was one of those things that um, the voice work takes too much legwork. So for oh. me to figure out how to get into <laughs> it, I'd rather somebody say, hey, this is what you need. Go get this, set it up for me, and then I'd be good to go. But, you know, being a busy mom and, and all this other stuff and working, it just was never anything I, I put the energy into. But no, I, I haven't done any other recording stuff. You know, so, I, I seem to recall hearing a recent story about somebody whose dad built a soundproof room so he could listen to his music. He might be a good resource. He might be. He might be. I need to check in with my dad. You're totally right, Tom. That's funny. Uh, yeah. That's how, that's how this whole thing evolved, actually. I mean, I worked in radio a long, long time ago. And then I started my own pest control company, ran pest control for like 30 years. Oh. And uh, when I retired, my parents had both died within a year and a half of each other. Right. And uh, when my dad was still around, I bought a house near him just outside of St. Louis. And the house had an unfinished basement. I've got all my friends that play music. We always look for a place to jam. I said, I'm just going to build a studio down here. And while I'm building the studio, I'm thinking, 
I'm going to do voiceover work when I retire. And from that, this came about, but that's what I'm going to be doing in addition to this when we retire. I'm going to have a place where I can go, we can jam, we can play music, I can maybe do some voiceover stuff. And it's, yeah, it's, why not? You know, it's fun. It's fun stuff. You know, you got to you got to do what you love. I mean, that's the thing yeah. is that for me, music was never it never went away. It's not something that I can ever you know, I got in and I've been in and out of it over the years. But, you know, it's one of those things like you can't get rid of the bug. You know, if you have music right. in you and you love to perform or you love to sing, um, you know, you just have to keep doing it. <laughs> one of our sponsors is a company called Flash Jam, and it's just getting started. It's in uh, in in Colorado, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like karaoke plus. So Fun. let's just say Flash Jam is coming to the Soda Bar in Davie, Florida. Okay, and okay. here's a list of songs that are going to be performed during this Flash Jam. And you look at it and you say, "Oh, Proud Mary, I'd love to sing that." And I look at it and I say. I'd love to play bass and sing backup on that. And then John says, I'd love to play drums on that. That's a song I know. And then somebody else says, I can play lead guitar. So we all get together at Flash Jam at the Soda Bar, and we go up when Proud Mary is ready to be performed. How unique is that? Isn't that a cool idea? So never, never didn't know each other before. you You meet that day. And I don't know Very if they do. A, I don't know if you do a run through or you just know your part and you just make it happen. And uh, from there, one of our guests that we had on the show last week, I think it was, Atomic Explosion. That's how they met, and now they're out playing as a band. Cool. Very cool name, by the way. But yeah. Well, his name is Adam, and <laughs> it was an experience. So Atomic Explosion. It's nice. Clever, Very creative. Clever, clever people. I love clever yeah. people. Yeah, what a uh, unique concept though with the karaoke with their with the you know like pop up band thing. That's yeah, that's pretty cool. yeah. Very and, cool. and 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 like uh, several of the guys, one guy played bass with one band, drums with another, sang with another. It's so you're just so you get to showcase your talents and your versatility. It's really yeah. It's great. And it's kind of like what you were saying about with your music. You don't want to be pigeonholed or one type of vocalist. So you could use an event like that and present different styles right yeah yeah definitely definitely keeping things interesting and exciting and fresh i think people people like that even if you're doing something like you said like a cover or something um that's already been done before but just trying to put your own kind of spin on it right you know i think people can appreciate that i know i can do you play any instruments pam i don't you know i wish i did i quit the piano when I was a kid and I wish my parents never let me quit it and they did. And no, I wish I would have stuck with it because, uh, you know, I love, I love the instrument. I tried to teach myself guitar many years ago. And I think I taught myself every rose has its thorn by, um, poison. And then that was it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Because actually I was trying to think of that song the other day. I was talking to a guy uh, that taught me how to play, uh, she talks to angels. I said there was another song that came That's out it. at around there that made me think about that. And, mm. and that segues into something you were talking about just a moment ago. I just saw an interview with the Black Crows nice. and they were talking about that song and how hard it was because it was the first time they'd ever done recording in a studio. Huh. Interesting. And that's something. Yeah, it is. You wouldn't think it'd be hard for them, but 
I guess everybody, everybody when, has, you know, everything's new to somebody at some point. Well, look at your experience. I mean, you could sit down and sing out. I could say, here, here's, here's some, here's some lyrics to the song that, you know, sing it and you can just belt it out and sing in front of somebody. But yeah. when you're in a studio environment, Different. Put on the headphones. You got to hear this. You got to no, wait. I, I didn't like the way I sounded there. You know, I hate headphones. I <laughs> hate them. I hate hearing myself. It's very funny. And I, I think I'm probably not alone in that, but I do. I don't like, I don't like hearing myself in my ears. I like, yeah. you know, just hearing it out, you know, but I think that's maybe a common kind of this right now thing. doesn't bother me because it's my speaking voice and I'm a right. singer. I'm a singer. I'm a vocalist. And when I'm singing and I'm singing out, I'll belt it out and I'll sing and I'll be melodic. And I'll be powerful. I'll do whatever the song calls for, but don't ask me to listen to it. Cause I'll vomit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turn that off, please. <laughs> Who is that guy who's slaughtering a cat with a butter knife? You know, right? so critical of our talents. Why it's are so we? Funny. But... I don't know. What, what is it about vocalists, man? I think it's really, I think I heard, I don't know if it was John Mayer years ago or might've been him on an interview. And I think I heard him say something like, you know, the thing that you're the most passionate about, you're kind of like, it's like the most vulnerable part of you as well, uh -huh. you know? So you're just, yeah, you, you, you get critical on yourself. It kind of is part of loving what you do. You know, you have that passion behind it. If you don't love it, you don't really care. So I kind of take it like that. I'm maybe a little too critical, but it's because I want it to be good, you know, yeah. and I care yeah. and I, I like it. I like what I do. Is it ever good enough? Sometimes. That's cool. That's cool. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> then you gotta stop listening to it at some point. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. We gotta call it quits here. This is this is pretty good here. Now, what about hubby and the kids? Do they come out and see you when you perform? They have in the past. They have in the past. Um, you know, my husband, he'll he'll pop in here and there. You know, the gigs a lot are their weekends, their Fridays, you know, the Friday steady gig. Yeah. He comes out occasionally to that, but he's, he works a lot. So we, we let him come home after work on a Friday and relax, but they've seen me, he, what they does, me all the time. What does he do? My husband is in uh, logistics. He's an operations manager for a logistics company called Expeditors International out of Miami. Uh -huh. So he's been in that industry for, for his whole life, pretty much. Yeah. It's a nightmare. I, I, I work with people that worked in uh, I think it was called Logic Sticks, S-T-I-X, Logic Sticks, uh -huh. uh, outside of Springfield, Missouri. And it was a trucking company and that coordinated shipping and trucking and shipping and trucking. Yeah. And everybody was always on edge. It was so stressful. It is a high pressure job. Yes. It's a yeah. lot of, <laughs> even on vacation, he's getting phone calls. So it is, <laughs> but it's what he knows and he's good at it. So, you know, he yeah. does it. <laughs> and, and. I guess it, it's it's okay enough that it allows you to run your own business and go out and do performance. I'm very fortunate. Like yeah. I, I am, you know, yeah. and I, I could not see myself doing the nine to five thing. I haven't done that for over 20 years. You know, like I yeah. said, I'm very blessed with my business that this was kind of given to me by, you know, my parents. That's how I got into this. Um, so, yeah. So just having that flexibility, it's just, it's part of who I am. I can't see myself doing the nine to five you know, I like to have freedom to to yeah. do my thing, to to work, and also to to balance the music as well. And that's and you use the word I was going to use. It's a blessing. It really is. It is. You know, and it's really 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 cool that that God bestows gifts like that on us to do things. Yeah. Like no, that. for sure. I yeah. mean, I you know, I have friends that 
that are working musicians, that's all they do. It's not, they have a real day job and then they do music on the side. In fact, a good friend of mine, um, his name's Joel Hyman. He is, um, well, he's a very talented piano player. Um, and he also has a corporate band called Heatwave Music and Entertainment here in Florida. So they do a lot of corporate stuff and that's all he does. He's traveled around with the land sharks. Um, wow. you know, he's always, I mean, he's a full-time musician. I always think how cool that is to really be doing what you love for your career, you know, yeah. and he is, so he's, he's a cool guy. I've done some work with him throughout the years too. So very talented. Spoken like a true vocalist who never had to haul amps and no. drum kits and <laughs> boxes of equipment and so on, you know, vocalist yeah, just shows we just up, show and up and leave, <laughs> show up, sing and leave. <laughs> so speaking of showing up, singing and leaving, mm -hmm. uh, how many takes did it take for you to get waiting, waiting the way you wanted it? Waiting. Oh, wow. A bunch, a bunch. In fact, I, my phone was clogged up with Dropbox files that Matt was sent to me to listen to and be like, oh no, we got to fix this. We got to go back to this one. So quite a bunch. It must've taken us, it probably took us, I want to say like two months to maybe. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Get that like where it was. Yeah. Cause we were meeting maybe just like once a week and it was during COVID too. Oh, wow. It was during COVID. Yeah. So it was kind of like, it was kind of a blessing because, you know, we obviously we both <clears throat> love music, excuse me. And it was just being able to kind of be distracted from what was going on. Obviously, yeah. you know, we're, we're in a studio, we're in his home, but it, we were safe distance away from each other, but we still just wanted to keep what we love going to give us some joy, you know? So it was a yeah. great distraction during that time. So yeah. Yeah. It took a couple takes. <laughs> yeah, a couple months. Yeah. But months, if you're meeting months. once a week during COVID too, you know, that, that, that makes, I mean, we it's did all that when I was in the, I was in a cover band in St. Louis when we did our first actual demo, it took us several days. Yeah. But we, we had four songs, maybe five songs on a demo CD that I would then take and market to like local facilities and uh, funny story. One place I went to, and I'm talking to the guy about our band and, about a promotion we had going on and while we're talking it was hang on a minute and comes back out we're talking some more and then i hear twilight zone by golden earring i said well that's one of the songs we do he goes yeah i know that's your cd we're playing right now nice. <laughs> he played, he played our demo throughout the whole bar and people are about tapping their feet and hey that's got cool us the, got us the gig so yeah, uh it took you several takes and he's a friend of yours now yes how this whole thing began and that's really cool because things grow from these friendships and these contacts What's they the do. what's the story behind the lyrics of waiting? Waiting. Oh wow. Waiting is um, you know, I think it was a relationship that he had. He's married now. He's got uh -huh. he's got uh kids that are actually married and he's a granddad. He's a granddad, but um waiting was was him and I think a past relationship, just you know, somebody that just kind of like up and left and left you hanging, like where'd uh -huh. you go, kind of thing. <laughs> So when you kind of, when you perform somebody else's music, how do you own that then? You know, like how do you how do you personalize it internally and so that you can make it yours? What do you do? Yeah, I think I just you know kind of connected to something that I personally have experienced in my life. You know, you just kind of read the lyrics and say, yeah, you know, I know what that feels like. Yeah, waiting for you to come home. I can't eat. I can't sleep. Like you yeah. know, in my twenties, yeah. hey, that was like every relationship <laughs> I was in. Like, <laughs> Where'd you go? Why, what, what happened here? You know, you're just kind of 
have that gnawing feeling of just um, wanting somebody to come back, you know, and thinking they're the one, you know, that young love. I think the song was kind of like, you know, a young love type of thing. Yeah. That's what, that's how it came. It came across as a pop ballad about young love and a yearning. And I long for you. I want you to come back. Yearning. That's a good word. Yep. That yearning. Yep. You did a great job of that. And and I'm spoiled because I got to listen to it several times. So I'm going to play it now so we can spoil everybody else that wants to hear the song. Okay. So <laughs> we're, with Pam, we're with Pam Jackson in Davie, Florida. And this is a song called Waiting. Yeah. 
Waiting, Pam Jackson. I'm your host, Tom Pollard, here on the Music of America podcast. I grew up in St. Louis, and growing up in St. Louis, the blues was such a strong influence in my life and has been and continues to be. In fact, one of the logos we use, you'll see a band called the Alabama Serenaders. It's a picture taken back in the 30s. Well, right there, right smack dab in the middle, blowing on his clarinet is my grandfather. Well, the Soulard Blues Festival showcases that deep-rooted blues heritage. It's called the B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis. It's an outdoor concert festival. It's held in historic Soulard Market. Soulard Market is to the blues in St. Louis, what Beale Street is to Memphis, what Bourbon Street is to New Orleans, okay? Soulard Market and the B3 Blues Festival, it's come and gone, but 2024 will be here already. And in just a matter of months, 2024 will be here. The planning already and the Blues Festival and Historic Soulard Market, the B3 Blues Festival will be here in May. Check it out. Find your way to St. Louis. Enjoy the heritage of the blues and the Soulard Blues Festival, the B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis in May of 2024. With Pam Jackson in Davies, Florida, you got some people you wanted to plug, I think. <laughs> see, see, yeah. see, see that smooth transition there? <laughs> uh, yeah, real smooth. This is a, right out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was actually, um, you know, I was thinking I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have gotten some, um, some guidance and some help vocally from, from some good people. In fact, there's a woman here in Florida. Her name is Beth Cohen. She's a vocal coach. She actually um, does vocals and keys for the band Boston. And she's done some background vocals uh, for artists such as John Cicada and Barry Gibb. And wow. so I was able to work with her and, you know, as obviously as a vocalist, you can love to sing, but do you have like technique? You know what I mean? It's one thing to love to sing, but do you have the technique? Do you have, you know, stage presence? And I have to say early on, even though I love to sing stage presence and confidence was kind of always an issue. So I was really fortunate to work with her um, and to get some of her expertise to be able to kind of overcome some of that stuff and kind of fine tune myself. So, yeah. Just wanted to give a little little shout out to Beth. <laughs> That's really cool because it's like a I, I always imagine like a football team in high school that goes crashing through the paper when they're running out on the field. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the breakthrough that I think performers have. Our confidence is like here, and all of a sudden you just push through it, and all of a sudden you're there. All of a sudden you're in the game. Yeah. It's almost yeah, like it is. It's like there's a moment where it's just like, okay, you kind of you get up on stage and you're not freaking out as much, which is a good moment. <laughs> it's a good moment. Not so good that you want it to feel ordinary. You know, I think like we talked about before, keeping some of that nervousness because yeah. it is a passion that you always are like, you want to do your best, but being able to kind of also bring the confidence, you know, so that, um, you know, you can do your best and you may hear my dogs barking in the background. So sorry about that. <laughs> I, th- I thought they're, no, they're just doing their vocal exercises right now. They are. They're doing vocal warmups. That's a good That's one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've brought up the word blessing a few times and this is audio only. So people can't see you're wearing a cross. I wear a crucifix. Uh, we talked off camera a little bit about our faith. And the last song we're going to talk about is a gospel song, Christian song called You Say. Yes. Uh, what inspires you to do gospel versus secular music? Wow. Um, you know, I I think I was sharing with you earlier. I kind of grew up, you know, Jewish, Catholic. Dad was Jewish. Mom was Catholic. Mom converted. So grew up doing doing both of those 
kind of fates honoring both of them. And then as I got into my late twenties, I, um, I don't know, I just had more of a curiosity. I mean, I always respect my dad and his, his Jewish roots and, and honor him in that way. But, um, I just, I don't know. I felt like I just wanted something more. And I had met people in my life that really had close relationships with God and, and a lot of faith and had seen things in their life, um, just being transformed and was just very interested. So I just kind of naturally gravitated towards that. Um, my family and I had been part of a church down here uh, in Davie for probably over 10 years. That was our home church until during COVID where we switched to another one. And and um, I had the privilege to be on the worship team there. You know, I checked oh. that out. I really wanted to kind of just, you know, um, explore that. And that was a great experience. And I just feel like, I don't know, there's just so much peace in that music, you know, God just means peace to me when I'm centered spiritually, everything else in my life falls into place. So when I'm having a bad day or I need encouragement, you know, putting on the rock music, isn't going to do it. Yeah. I love it, but I need something else, you know? So I listen to my, my worship music and it just, you know, it just, it just re centers me and brings me is, peace. Is there an artist or a band that you really like when you're listening? Is it contemporary or is it traditional? What do you, what do you usually listen no, to? No, I'd Christian? say it's mostly um, it's mostly contemporary stuff. I mean, I could pull up my <laughs> my playlist in my phone now. Oh my God, there's so many. You know, I do obviously like Lauren Daigle for King and Country. Um, oh my gosh, there's there's so many um, Hillsong. Oh gosh, Phil Wickham. You know, there's there's a lot of artists that I like, you know, it's mostly contemporary stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. Elevation worship. They're, they're great. Also. I used to have a music stand and in the upper right-hand corner, I had a little about the size of a prayer card and it was just a rose and it had these words on there. It says, when you sing praise, when you sing worship, you're praying twice. Mm, that's a good one. Which is pretty yeah. cool because you're, you're not just saying the words because that's a way of expressing, but Something's coming from inside, from your soul. Yeah. Present that is. to people. Yeah, it is. You know, it's it's definitely, uh, yeah, it is. It's something that's inwardly expressed outwardly. So I think I think people can really feel that. You know, there's something beautiful about a community of people just getting together and just worshiping, you know. Yeah. It's just nice. Do you sing in church now? I don't. You know, I don't just do to my schedule although things are kind of calming down now so it's something that keeps kind of going in the back of my mind we're at a, at a new church we go to calvary chapel in fort lauderdale mm -hmm. as of the last couple of years and they have a great worship team um actually the worship team there all the all the artists have actually gone through there's a worship school here um oh, wow. it's, it's flipping my my mind the name of it oh gosh but so they're they're very trained and they're very good so yeah it might be something down the road that i might I might check into again, but it's really nice. Like I said, the new band, the rocket arcade, it's kind of like I get the best of both worlds. Cause I'm singing other music, you right. know, secular music, but I'm connected with Christian musicians. So we pray before we rehearse and it's, it's really a nice fusion of things. It's interesting. I sing in, I sang in choir in high mm -hmm. school. Yes, I did. You know, so that was probably my first uh, experience singing, you know, was in choir and the, uh, it's funny because one of the girls that I was in choir with, she ended up going on. Well, she does. She does singing, too. But she ended up being like a famous actress. I don't know if you've ever heard oh. of her, but she we sang in choir. And then you have you seen the movie Coyote Ugly? I haven't. I, no. know, of, I know of it. And I've been to the bar. 
but she I'm was not- in that. Her name's Piper Parabo, and um, sure. she was in. Um, Oh, what are the, there's other movies with her that are actually very popular that are slipping my mind right now. But anyway, but, but we were, we were together in choir, but, but yeah, that was kind of like, I think that was my first probably experience kind of in a group setting, trying to sing and and learn music, the learning of it, the technical side of it and the notes. No, that, that didn't work out too good. (laughs) was, Was all your music secular in high school? Yeah. You know, we did a lot of my, my, I guess, uh, chorus instructor at the time or choir director she did a lot of like um she did a lot of like very i don't know what the genre would be like just older music very soulful hymns i guess it would be more that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. she did like a lot of that kind of stuff so we sang interesting things i don't remember everything but but we sang interesting music so it it really wasn't it wasn't pop music she did like a lot of old rooted kind of things so well, I kind of wanted to focus where I was going with this is, is the hymns thing. So you did have mm. early on an experience of singing Christian or religious music. And I wonder if, yeah. it, if it affected you then, or if it had no impact on you. And now the next song we're going to do is a, a Christian song. So what was that journey like, or was there one? Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I don't think the connection from music and my spiritual life. I mean, a seed might've been planted, of course, you know, back then. Um, But it really wasn't until I got older that I, that I just felt more of that pull towards that kind of music, you know, and just different things in my life personally that happened that you start searching for answers to things, you know, and, you know, even with my kids now, I try to really guide them to, you know, they know I love music, but I'm just like, be careful what you listen to, because what you fill your mind with and you kind of let inside yourself can dictate the course of your life, you know, and I don't know that they get that at 18 and 14. But, but yeah, you know, I think it's just, it's just been a journey. I can't say there's one specific thing that has really um, made my musical love uh for the Christian music kind of take off. It just was a series of, of different things. And then maybe yeah. some personal things in my own life that kind of, you know, enhanced that, if that makes sense. We don't know. That's the thing. That's what's kind of, I mean, some people do. Some people say it, it hit me when I was in blah, blah, blah. That's when I first had my first religious experience and it's grown to where it is today. But like me, uh, I, I didn't have a lightning bolt moment, you know, and even though you sang hymns in high school, it doesn't really have, to your knowledge, have a direct correlation to your faith walk as an adult, as an adult woman. Yeah, no, not at that time. No, yeah. not at that yeah. time. I think it's just many, I think it's just many different little nuggets of experiences mm-hmm. in my adult life that just kind of all gave me the formation of just going in that direction and loving that kind of music and feeling connected to it, you know? I think that's why they call it your walk, right? One step at a time. Yes, they do. So why you say you want uh, the, the, the song we're going to play next is a song called you say, who is it originally done by that you recall? The song is done by Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very popular Christian artist and yeah, you know, originally, so my, my dad actually had, he always sends me songs. Like I said, I think I said in the beginning of this, my dad is kind of my inspiration or he's kind of been my, catalyst for my love of music just from an early age and he'll we'll send each other you know songs youtube songs back and forth he'll say you should do this one or you should do that one and i'll say dad yeah 
So he said that to said, sent that to me one day, and I was like, you know what? I I think I'd like to do that. You know, so I kind of did it as a tribute to my dad. Oh, that's um, sweet. Yeah, but it it also um, it resonates with me. You know, just about just knowing what God says about me, no matter what anybody else thinks, no matter on some days what I think about myself. Most importantly, it's what he says about me, you know, and if he says I'm good, then I got to believe I'm good. Yeah. You know, it's a powerful yeah. song. It's, it's sweet, but it's a powerful song. You know, it, is. it hits you on a couple of hit me on two different levels like that. So we're going to play yeah. it for you. We're going to play awesome. it right now. This is Pam Jackson and a song called you say. Keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every and every low Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know And you say I am held when I am falling short And when I don't belong, oh you say I am yours And I believe, oh I believe What you say to me, I believe The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me in you I find my worth in you I find my identity You have every failure, God You have every victory Ooh, oh, 
You say, Pam Jackson, Davey, Florida, the Music of America podcast. So, Pam, this is the segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. Love it. You don't have merch. You're not really out doing shows yet. So let's talk about where people can hear you and hear samples of you, because there might be somebody at once that's looking for your voice. They've heard three of your songs. I think she's good. I could use her in my band over here in Fort Lauderdale, or I could use her over here in Orlando. (laughs) How do they find you and how do they listen to you? Yeah, I mean, you can you can find me under Pam Jackson on Facebook and also Instagram. I try to post there regularly. Um, so that's that's where you can hear most of my work. Um, and that's yeah, Jackson, so- Jackson with an X. It is. It's yes, it's Jackson with an X. Unlike, uh, you know, Janet Jackson, Miss, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, it's with an X. <laughs> Not CK. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pam Jackson, J-A-X-O-N. And they can hear you on Instagram. They can hear you on Twitter. They can hear you on Facebook. Uh, no Twitter, but Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Okay. Okay. And yep. what are we going to, we hear the songs that we just heard or will we hear something else? You know, you're going to hear all different things because I, you know, a lot of the other bands that uh, I mentioned, some I didn't mention, I had sang recently with another, um, another rock band called the Joker's Gang Rock Band. And they were a two female fronted rock band, which was interesting. As I mentioned, I like to do male kind of male leads. So it was myself and another female at the time. Um, so you can hear some of the rock stuff that we did, which was a lot of fun. You're going to hear the stuff um, from just the two of us, from the duo, and some previous things that I was a part of. So just a bunch of different stuff. So it's fun. Check it out. Exciting. Good luck to you. Thank you. And we hope to have you back on the show maybe in a year or two. And we'll talk about your meteor- meteoric rise to success. Yes. And then one last thing I have oh. to shamelessly plug this, of course. So back to my friend, Mac Millian, and then we'll, we'll call it quits. Cause I know you got to go. So during COVID, he also helped me, um, produce a parody of John Paul Young's love is in the air. And it was called COVID's in the air. Oh, and it was not a mockery, but it was a time to bring some light and laughter to a dark time in our world. So you can, <laughs> You can search up COVID's in the air on YouTube and I hope it brings you a chuckle because it actually was a lot of fun and my whole family was a part of it. So it was a really, it was a lot of fun to, to make. That's great. And there's one more thing we've got to shamelessly self plug. And I told you we would do this. We forgot. Let's talk one more time about your laser therapy business. Yeah. So if you're looking to quit smoking, that's what I specialize in. It's a non-invasive way to quit smoking. It's a treatment that's been used in other countries for over 50 years Rooted in acupuncture, but done with laser technology. 
It's a low level laser. It uses light. It's painless, no burning. Um, it basically releases endorphins in the body. You will not have cravings or withdrawal symptoms uh, for quitting. So it really is an amazing, effective treatment. It's one time um, and it works, you know, and you can go to lasertherapysouth.com and find me there. Um, and it's a great way to quit if, if somebody really is struggling and they want to quit, which is a terrible addiction. I'm a former smoker too. It's a great, effective and safe way to, to quit. So if I, if I'm a smoker and I want to quit, I just come to your place in Fort Lauderdale or Davie or wherever it is. <clears throat> it's in Davie. Yep. And, and I set up an appointment, we do a consult and then we, or do we just do it? So it's an hour in the office. So when you come in, you actually, that's your day to quit. So you come in, we do a little bit of counseling. Um, I have a short video. The treatment's about 15, 20 minutes. So the treatment gets rid of the physiological stuff that people would have to deal with quitting on their own, which is really withdrawal symptoms and mm -hmm. cravings. Um, so that part is arrested from the treatment. And then the counseling is to deal with the other stuff, stress management, changing habits, relapse prevention, and all of that. So it's an hour in total. The treatment, again, is about 15, 20 minutes. It's modestly priced. It's what most people will spend a month on cigarettes. And uh, like I said, it's one time for over 90% of the people that that we see. So it works really well. And if somebody needs help down the road, as long as they call before they relapse, they're welcome to come back free of charge for reinforcement whenever they'd like. Is there a, a relapse ratio? Like, because there's more to it than just a physiological thing. We, both of us are uh, reformed smokers, so we know that. Yeah. So, yes, staying, staying quit is important. Relapse prevention is important also. So, yeah, I mean, listen, if most of the business, I'm very blessed to say, it's all referral driven over the last 20 years. It's from other people that have been successful. I really don't advertise except for the website. Um, but, you know, again, based on that deal, if somebody really wants to quit smoking and, you know, a year down the road, something's going on and they're just having some stress, if they really want to stay on the wagon, they're going to pick up the phone, you know, and they're going to come back in before they get in trouble. Do people do the opposite and have human error, like I like to call it? They mm. do. Sometimes people goof up, you know, and we allow them a, a goof up free of charge. <laughs> and then, you know, if they keep goofing up, then unfortunately, there's there's some financial <laughs> attachment to it. Right. So uh, the patch, for example, using the patch, you're not supposed to smoke. You're, just using it as an example or the gum or whatever. Right. What happens if you do the laser therapy and smoke? You got to come back in. You okay. know, you got to do So the there's not a physiological, there's no physiological reaction. To... There's nothing harmful that's going to happen other okay. than you're going to reintroduce your addictive drug to your body and start the whole craving cycle over again. Yeah. But the, the point is, and I tell people, if you don't feel the need to smoke, which you're not going to feel after the treatment, don't test, don't test it. <laughs> don't put it back in your body. <laughs> and that's why those things don't work. You know, if yeah. you're addicted to nicotine, you can't stop using it, putting a patch on. It's still delivering nicotine, the same drug. Right. 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 Exactly. Well, we did a good job of shamelessly self-plugging and we're going to yes. go a step further because we're, we're <laughs> going to welcome you as one of our new sponsors on the podcast. If you wish to be one of our sponsors, just uh, as we talked about after, or you know, in one of our breaks, just send me the information. We'll gladly put you on as one of our, our, uh, our sponsors for the podcast. Okay. Love to do that. Thank you, Tom. It's been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun, Pam. Thank you so much. Our guest today was Pam Jackson from Davie, Florida. Join us tomorrow. Songwriters, DNH Music, and Hugh Diddle will be on the show. They're not really performers. They just write music, but they'll perform for this. And you'll hear them tomorrow on the Music of America. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. 
If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.